Hey everybody, it's Stefan Barrett with Feed the Machine. Today we have David Darmanin, co-founder of Hotjar. David shares with us his favorite ways to gain user feedback. I asked him about his product design philosophy at Hotjar. And he shares three crucial things businesses need to succeed today. That's today's topic on Feed the Machine. Hey, David, thanks for joining me on Feed the Machine. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Yeah, let's let's jump right in. So you went from lawyer to designer to entrepreneur, and that's quite a journey. Tell me a little bit more about um, how that journey went and what you learned along the way. Oh, that's a good question. It, it probably wasn't exactly in that order, though. So I'd say it's probably more designer. I was making money. To, to live through university and, and that led on to creating an advertising agency when I was still studying. And yeah, I guess I, I learned pretty quickly that I wasn't going to be practicing law, but then I end, ended up deciding to finish to finish that anyway. Ah. So, <laughs> so it was kind of pretty much predetermined once I finished the legal studying and passing the bar exam that that was not going to happen. Um, so I quickly then returned back to to kind of what I loved, which was creative stuff. Um, and by then, I was lucky to have already worked on some interesting brands, and, and I, I landed a job working in a software company where I quickly discovered, um, back then, actually, this was quite early on, the title I was given was Optimization Specialist or something. Ah. So, yeah, early on I learned um, about conversion rate optimization and getting better results from traffic. Um, and with the with this company, I, I set up a design team and a, a creative team, and then I end, ended up doing marketing. So, so yeah, I, I pretty much ended up trying to answer the question: What makes a good design? What makes how, how does a design perform, and other designs not perform? And that's what led me down the route of of trying to find tools that would allow me to measure that. Long story short. I ended up working at conversion rate experts, which yeah. are a huge, huge brand when it comes to to consultancy in this field. And yes. obviously, I was really lucky there to learn from from some amazing other consultants, um, as well as working with some really huge brands. So that solidified kind of my feeling of, yeah, the tools that were available were like uh, far from ideal. They were disjointed. They were kind of expensive and, and that's kind of what what led me to the entrepreneurial side of things which is to do hot jar very cool yeah so explain a little bit tell me in essence uh what is hot jar so hot jar is a tool that pretty much allows you to see how your site is being used so google analytics for example or any other web uh, web analytics tools will show you which pages are being seen so it's more from a page point of view, right? Mm -hmm. Which pages are being seen, the time spent and whatnot. With Hotjar, we focus much more on how the page within the page is actually being used and why visitors are actually using it in that way. So it's kind of combining two pillars together. It's user analytics and feedback. So both of them together. 
Very nice. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about some of the things that Hotjar measures and what you can do with it. So on the analytics side of things, we have kind of four key features. So there's heat maps. So heat maps allow you to see an aggregation of activity or behavior on a given page. So I want to see how our home page is being used. So our heat maps allow our users to see where their visitors are clicking, where they're moving their mouse, um, or how low they scroll on so how how much content do they reach on the page by showing showing like a showing like a scroll heat map. Mm-hmm. Um and then this allows you to also see it by device. Um so yeah, so it's it's quite powerful to aggregate that data because it quickly allows you to see what's working, what's not. Then we have recordings. So recordings are pretty much a playback, a movie of your visitors using your site. And this is kind of a a wow feature. Because even we're blown away when we see how our visitors are using our site and our tool. It's extremely effective in identifying like issues or UX blockage points. Mm-hmm. But it's also awesome to see the people who do convert, what they're actually doing. Because then you know what you kind of want to replicate more. Sure. <laughs> then we have two kind of more data-driven tools. One is Funnels funnel analysis and the other one is form analysis. Mm-hmm. So funnels allow you to see where your visitors are dropping off in the critical path, right? So if you have a site where you're selling stuff, the path is typically look at the product page, go to the checkout, cart, thank you page. So the funnel tells you where are people mainly dropping off and that allows you to prioritize where, where to work first. And the reason why we, we included this in Hotjar is that it's so easy to kind of have data paralysis. paralysis so you're trying to do too many things in too many places. So this allows you to zero in. And the same goes for forms. So forms is really awesome because it, it pretty much detects the form for you on the page on its own, picks up the fields. So you're pretty much clicking just boom, three buttons. And from then, um, you're literally seeing where your visitors are spending too much time on a form, on a field, or if they dropped off at a particular step, or if they left it blank. So it's, it's extremely powerful stuff because it quickly identifies what's the kind of choke point. So that's the analysis. Then we, we did something quite bold where we connected feedback with this. So we allow you to kind of display what we call polls. So there's small widgets which load within the page which allow you to ask quick questions like what's missing on this page or if you didn't sign up what was it that stopped you and you can trigger these these uh, kind of questions based on time behavior such as scrolling or if they're leaving the page so it's, it's quite kind of powerful to ask a huge subset of people a question and then collect those answers and you can quickly see the trends of what are the biggest kind of objections or things that are mentioned. And then you can address that on your pages. It's powerful stuff. It is. I think that's probably my favorite tool because it's literally, we, we did, for example, a pricing, a new pricing page for Hotjar and we asked our, our visitors, okay, what's, what's kind of missing on this page? And we were blown away. We had to address completely different things. And then with that in hand, looking at heat maps and recordings, you get that aha moment, kind of, ah, so that's why they're not clicking on this or clicking too, too many times on this area of the page. It's fascinating. 
Yeah. yeah. And, and so, so based on all of your expertise and experience inside the conversion rate optimization field, what would you say would be your favorite tool for a business? Like what, what kind of tool would you use or go to more often uh, for a business to help them improve what they're doing? I think a lot of people are going to be surprised by this because there was actually another two features I was going to mention in feedback and there's surveys and recruiters. And funnily enough, so it's perfect that you asked the question at that time. (laughs) (laughs) Most, most people hearing this are going to be surprised for me to say that actually surveys are Mm. my favorite tool. Tell me why. Uh, And the reason is that nothing beats getting qualified feedback from the people that from the visitors or the users or customers that actually did perform the step that you wanted them to. Mm. So it's extremely powerful to ask your past customers, what was your main fear or concern when you were buying? Or what nearly stopped you from buying? Or how would you describe yourself? Or what sites do you visit? These are all cues for you to go out and get more of the same or to pivot and convert uh, sorry to optimize against these pieces of information so let me give you an example Mm -hmm. if you're asking for example we were working on a gaming site some time ago and we were asking kind of what nearly stopped you and trust was a big element so we were not aware of this so we knew we had to shift much more retail space on the page towards trust um, and equally, we discovered that the main reason why they had signed, uh, kind of actually decided to play was actually more fun than the fact that they could win money. Mm. So we had to shift completely everything, the messaging from win money and wins and focus more on the testimonials, for example, from users saying how much fun they had and who they met and focus more on how many users were there at the same time and the chat functionality. So... This had huge impact on the bottom line. So surveys, unfortunately, though, there is the stigma of not using surveys because most people who are running the surveys think, because that's probably who we are, that people won't reply to surveys, but they couldn't be more wrong. Hmm. And so you, you find it that users are happy to share their experience, their information, or just their opinion when you ask them. They love it. And obviously, there are a couple of things that you can do which help. And one key thing is to incentivize them. Mm-hmm. Um, like offer like something in exchange for their help. But the key, if you're going to do that, is to include, like to say, like we want blunt, honest feedback. So it's impossible to offend us, but you can, because you don't want them to say nice things so they can kind of win. Exactly. So those two things are important. And then equally important persuasive element is to say that surveys typically are not that kind of not a lot of people reply to surveys so obviously your chance of winning something or kind of is much higher than you might think so these these things are very effective in getting a very big response rate fantastic and one actually other hidden benefit that i'll mention with surveys is it is it allows you to empathize with your with your users and visitors, you can see the actual wording they use, which sometimes is far off from the actual words that they, that you're using currently, kind of. Yeah, that is a really powerful thing, speaking the language that the audience or the user 
uses themselves, um, that's a way that you can just easily relate to someone um, instead of talking what I call like inside baseball, right? Yep, yep. Well, so you guys are Hotjar is a startup. It's a tech startup. You mentioned you've got um, several co-founders when we were chatting before. Um, I want to dig into what it was like building the technology and um, you know some of the challenges along the way or things that you guys learned. Uh, so you've got several co-founders that are technically minded. Tell me about the team dynamic. Yeah, so, so going back to the story, when I decided I wanted to kind of uh, kind of follow this dream of kind of democratizing Hotjar by making it like all in one, super cheap. I obviously knew that I had to bring on some really smart, smart brains onto the project. So I was, I was really lucky enough to kind of bring on board some guys that I had worked with in the past. As you said, three, three of our co-founders, um, Eric, Mark, and Jonathan, they, they are they are the tech brains behind it all, and, and we're really, really lucky to have them on board. So they're the guys that work pretty much iteratively on, on building the tool. Um, yeah, and then on the marketing growth side, there is myself um, and Johan. So we kind of are more focused on the messaging and, and how do we get kind of how do we execute on, on our vision of reaching and empowering designers and marketers around the world. But both Johan and I, although we are kind of in the non-technical space in terms of our roles, we still have a technical background. So ironically, if you look at all five of us, we're all kind of nearly fit exactly the ideal user for Hodra. Because <laughs> mm. we all have a, a background in design and, and kind of and, and, and building tools and, and, and marketing them and growing them. So you built this for yourselves in a big Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Yeah. We use this constantly. We have loads of surveys, polls, heat maps. We're, we're, it's it's our it's our main tool. That's fantastic. And you know, I think the user experience inside the app that you guys have built, um, it just blew me away. And you could tell a lot of time was spent there. And I'd love to get your feedback on the design philosophy inside the group. Like, how do you guys use design? Um, to make the technology that you're building um, the best it can be. So, so you mean w w what? What do we do in t in terms of how do we kind of achieve that? Yeah, like what's your view uh, uh, with the um, the role of design and how it's used when you guys or how you guys use it when you created the app? I got it. Okay. So yeah. So obviously, since. Yeah, that's a tricky one. So we come from a background where originally design was kind of, had its aesthetic value, right? Mm -hmm. But we've come a long way and because we're, we're the type of people who are building Hotjar, design has become much more kind of engineering nearly design where you're solving a problem with design. Right. So we tend to not give too much importance to aesthetic uh, appearance because we think that that can easily get in the way of building something that's useful. Mm -hmm. This might sound like crazy, but if, if you're building a really efficient hammer, you, you wouldn't want it to be like red with like cool designs on it. Like th that's not really that critical. Right. So with, with Hotjar, we really think we're building a powerful tool. So 
design is really important to us, but it's much more designing an experience um, more than more than the aesthetic value. And and we think that design is something that can be observed, it can be measured, as long as you obviously involve the user and put the user at the center of it. Because it's it's very easy to, let's say, design something to improve it, but if you're doing it on a purely subjective value, without having done any user research or measuring anything, then you're likely down the wrong route. Yeah, I agree with you. The thing I like to tell people is design isn't how it looks, it's how it works. And when you, when you get that right, like you're talking about, and it's something where the user's at the focus of that, then I feel like you've got a shot. Agreed. Well, awesome. Oh, we're coming up to the, uh, the end of our show. There's a question I ask everyone that I'd love to get your take on. I'd love to hear three tips that you have for how companies can just win more in general using technology, whether they're building it for themselves or products that, that are meant for other people? Oh, this is the best question yet. And it's, so let's think of this one through. So the three tips they can use to, for growth, right? Yes. Okay, so tip number one would def definitely be put the user at the center of everything. So that's that's so critical in today's world. I think new businesses that are being successful are, are doing this. And, and if, if you don't, it's pretty much impossible to succeed or to compete with established businesses. So you really need to understand what is bringing visitors to your site or what is driving them, what is stopping them, and, and kind of what at the end of the day is the real source what's really leading them to, to kind of act. An example would be, let's say, let's go, go back to the, we mentioned the hammer before, right? So let's take another example. Mm -hmm. Someone who's looking to buy a drill. So it's so easy to think you're selling a drill, but in reality you're selling holes. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so that's, it's so important to shift your mindset in that way. So that's tip number one. And obviously it's a big, big tip kind of, but it, it's super important. Yes. The second tip I'd say is focus. So we live in a world where we want to consume everything in one go. Kind of we've, we're getting used to too much at one go. So I'd say focus on one product. Focus on, on like one brand. Don't try and think too big. Um, focus on one niche, one market, and you can always grow from there, but I've, I've seen this mistake done way too many times. So focus on, on one area, eliminate everything else, and really, really do that, that area really well. I think focus is critical. But even if we go down one step down, if you, if you do have one, one brand, one, one site, what, what not, focus on one big objective. As we said, we talked about funnels before, don't try and like improve everywhere one go. Find, just like a surgeon would do, right? Find the biggest um, artery with the biggest blockage and work there first. So 
if most of your visitors are coming to the homepage and stopping there, just address that. Don't, don't think of anything else. So focus is really important. And then the third, I'd have to say, is that data and measurement. Um, I think it's so important to, to and, and obviously it's so, we talked about data paralysis, so it's easy to overdo it. Mm -hmm. But measure, measure what matters. So I think the key is if we talked about in, in tip number one, the user is at the center of everything, establish the metrics that are really going to get you there and then obsess about measuring them and testing them and improving them because that's the only way that you can succeed if you can measure it. So let's take an example. At Hotjar, the key one metric we use is the net promoter score. Mm. And that's actually something that you can measure with polls and surveys within Hotjar. So the net promoter score, for anyone who hasn't heard of this, because it's, it's an awesome tool, it's, it's basically a measurement of how likely a visitor or user will recommend you from 0 to 10. 0 being highly unlikely and 10 being very, very likely. Now, the way it works is... If you get a vote between, I believe, 0 to 7 or something, those are called detractors. And 9s and 10s are promoters, and the rest are ignored. Mm -hmm. And basically, the 9s and 10s are calculated as a, as a percentage and minus from the percentage of the detractors. So, for example, Hotjar has a net promoter score of, of 59. Mm-hmm. Now, what's great is that you can, one, benchmark that against an industry, and you can also benchmark it against yourself. And it's been proven that net promoter score is highly correlated with how likely your users are willing to give you money or actually kind of promote you to, to, to other people, the word of mouth element. So net promoter score for us is critical because we need to spread the word. And, and for us, it's like a critical metric. We have others, but it's so important to focus on the ones that matter. It's way too easy to think how many likes do we have or how many visitors do we have. But in reality, these are vanity metrics. So when you think about it, if the metric you're measuring, if moving it has no direct impact on your users and the value to them, then you're measuring the wrong number. That's right. Awesome. Th well, thanks so much for that input. These are definitely wise words uh, for people to, to really take in and understand as far as what they can do. And, and you know, apps and technology like Hotjar and the things that you're doing over there, it's just making it that much easier for businesses to grow today. So appreciate your time, David. Tell, other, tell everyone um, where they can learn more about you and, and Hotjar. So, yes, yeah, so I think it, it's much more interesting for them to learn about Hotjar. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, hotjar.com, uh, so that's Hotjar. Um, there's all the information there. We actually provide guides. We have a nice kind of action plan of how you can improve or find your, your, your opportunities for growth on your site or improve it. We have like a nine-step action plan, which is basically taking all the experience we've had in the past so you can find that um, at Hotjar, or you can just Google Hotjar Action Plan. 
Um, and yeah, basically, no matter what tool you use, you don't even need to have to use Hotjar. This this plan allows you kind of to identify the biggest opportunities for growth. So I'd say that's probably the most interesting thing that we can share with with the listeners. Sounds great. Excellent. I do recommend everyone checking that out. David, thanks so much. Thank you. Feed the Machine is a podcast created to help you design a faster, stronger, and more reliable business with technology. If your business needs help in that area or you have questions about how to do that, reach out to us at hello at secondform.com. Also, if you love our show, please give us a rating in iTunes to help us reach more people like you. I'm having our guests say, feed the machine in any kind of fun, silly, or impersonation, any type of way that they want, where we use that audio at the beginning of the uh, the intro of the podcast. Would you be willing to do that? I'd love to do that. Have you had anyone do the Terminator? <laughs> no, that would be amazing. I'm not sure if I can do it, but I can try. <laughs> you know what? It's all an experiment, so I'd say go for it feed the machine yeah i think i can do that <laughs> okay <laughs> give, give me a couple good ones